Yeah, hey, so we made it. Today is day 21 of what we've called 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, I've loved hearing the stories, right? Fasting, the idea is we take something out of our life and we try to replace that urge, that desire, that habit with God. And so lots of stories of people that have maybe taken sweets out of your life over the last 21 days or have taken Cokes out or you've taken uh, alcohol and you've taken it out. I've got a uh, middle schooler in my house church and on Wednesday night, he shared with us that he had taken TV out of his life. He'd also taken gaming out of his life for 21 days. And so mom and dad are like, hey, today's 21. Like it's time to start it all back. And, uh, but man, so whatever it's been like for you, Way to go, man. Thanks for kind of jumping in with us. Now, we said we wanted to, to fast some to kind of try to get our attention. Nothing magical about the first 21 days, okay? It's okay if you kind of just now leaning in. And then we said we also want to be intentional to pray. Now, I, I want to kind of just break the ice a little bit when it comes to prayer because here's what I know is we all come from different experiences when it comes to prayer. And I, and I just want to kind of go first. Can I just tell you, there have been moments in prayer that I've been intimidated, you guys ever been praying around somebody, and all of a sudden, this guy that's praying, he is quoting scripture left and right, and you are just like, oh my goodness, I can't do that. Or maybe you've heard somebody praying, like, man, they are praying, it's like they never stop praying. You're like, how do you pray that long, or how do you even pray out loud? Maybe you're not comfortable with that yet. And so there's moments I'm intimidated. There's been lots of times in prayer, I'm just telling you, I've been confused. Like, hey, is this, are we supposed to kneel right now? Are we supposed to stand? Like, my eyes open, eyes closed. Uh, what, what Jesus' name, what's going on at the end of this? So I'm a bit confused. Uh, there's moments for me, I'm, I'm ADD, you're gonna see me kind of walking a lot, and so I, I get distracted. And, I mean, right, you feel that? You ever been praying, and all of a sudden you're praying, you're trying to concentrate on this, but man, your mind is just wondering. It's everywhere. Uh, what about, uh, listen, let's just, we're getting it all on the table. Anybody ever falling asleep when you're supposed to be praying? Don't tell me I'm the only one. I'm the preacher. Come on. You know you have. Yeah, you get distracted. And, and then what about this? I was listening to the radio this morning, and I think, or not this morning, a couple days ago, and I think I heard where most of us are with prayer. It's like prayer is kind of like a hotline. You know Jelly Roll? He's got a song on prayer. And he says, this is what he says about prayer. I only talk to God when I need a favor. God, I need a favor. That's where most of us are. I mean, when it comes to prayer, we begin to think like, hey, this is my chance. I need a favor. I need it to rain. I need it to not rain. I need a big deer to come out. I need help with my wife. I want to have kids, whatever. It's just like this hotline. Well, here's what I want to do today. I want to begin to kind of reframe this because there is so much more when it comes to prayer. All right? So we're going to be in the Lord's Prayer. If there's any scripture that is quoted more than this prayer, I don't know it. I think this is the most popular scripture you'll find cover to cover. Many of you are gonna know it. And so here's what we're gonna do to kind of help with that. I want you to stand up if you would. And we're gonna read this together. In fact, I'm just gonna read with you off of the screen. So we're gonna kind of say this together. I hope we do well at this. 9.30 struggled a little bit. Um, but we're gonna, get, we're gonna start right here with our Father in just a minute. All right, so this is Jesus teaching us how to pray. And so we're just gonna kind of pray. We're gonna read this together. You ready? Here we go. We're gonna start on three. One, two, three. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. All right, good job. You can be seated. You can be seated. Listen, I got a guy on our staff. Many of you know Ben Wade. And Ben, I don't know if you know this about Ben, but uh, Ben used to be a basketball coach. And little, sometimes there's been moments around Ben where the basketball coach will kind of come back out in him. And you know this about coaches, right? Coaches have all these one-liners. They're, they're, they're classic. Like, they motivate you. They get your attention. And he said he remembers uh, with his coaches and his, his middle school basketball team. He was a basketball coach. He remembered being up at a little bitty gym on a winter night, girls' basketball game, away game. He said they were all getting back on the bus. It was late at night. They were hungry. It was cold and rainy. And he said he looked at the other coaches, and in a moment, they said, is this a get-to or is this a got-to moment? And I started thinking about that when it comes to prayer. Because for me, prayer has been a got-to a lot more than it's been a get-to. It's been way more, more than a, uh, it's been more of a discipline than it's been like a delight. It's been more like eating my vegetables than it's been like partaking in dessert. Prayer for me. I mean, we're just being honest. Moments in my life, prayer has been boring. It kind of feels weird to even say that out loud. But I started thinking about like Why? And I think it's because when, when prayer begins to get boring, it's when I'm just worrying in God's general direction and I'm not really praying. If you have young kids, then you know this. There is nothing more difficult than to find time to bow your head, close your eyes, and it be quiet, and you meditate, and you think, and you pray. That's like impossible. I mean, the only way to get alone is to go to the bathroom, and that doesn't last long, Right? Prayer in this world today, I don't know that it's ever been harder to pray just in general. Say, wow, what's changed? Well, it's one of these. It's in your pocket or in your purse. I have one. It's somewhat smart. Probably not as smart as yours. Mine's a little older. But, man, it's constantly going off, right? And any time you have a moment of silence, like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm aging myself a little bit, but I remember sitting at a red light and not grabbing my phone. There, there, used to be a day. there used to be a day that you'd get to an appointment or you're waiting on your wife or somebody to meet you at a restaurant and you would just kind of think. Like you would just wait. Who does that now? You scroll, you, you get on Instagram, you think, you do all those different things. My point is like everything is after our attention. And I love this. John Mark Comer says this. He says, prayer, it's like a portal. Come on, athletes, you know it. You're gonna get in the portal Right? It's the quickest way to go from one place to another. So what do you do? You make yourself eligible for the portal. And that's what prayer is for you and for me. It's this chance for us to leave this place, this crazy, hectic, demanding, loud, chaotic place, and open up. Now, now that's key. It starts with your heart. Opening up your heart and entering into a whole different place. And here's what's so powerful is the person that's waiting on you on the other side is a God that loves you and knows you and is anxious for your arrival. He's not upset with you. In fact, he is so eager to see you and to embrace you and to hold you. Prayer is, it's opening your life to experience his goodness and his love. I love this. He says, come to me, all you who are what? Burdened and who need what? Rest. That's what's waiting on you in prayer. That's what's on the other side of the portal. That's where we're going when we pray. We're going to a place where we get to experience him and his goodness and his love. 
And that's what I want to reframe this. That's what I want you to see. Best way to see it is let's look at how Jesus prayed. All right, that's where we want to start today. And so here's one of Jesus' prayers. It's in Luke 5, 15 and 16. Watch this. It says, yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people, the chaos, the hectic lifestyle, came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Now, you know this, right? Jesus is the man in this moment. He is of high demand. Everyone's coming to see him. Now, watch what he does. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. Another translation says, as was his custom, he frequently withdrew. I mean, you, you, you begin to read the Gospels and you'll sense just the frustration of Jesus' family. It's like, where is Josh? I can't find him. Well, he's back at the restaurant. He's back over here. No, 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 no. He, he's praying. Like when they got the most frustrated with Jesus, when they couldn't find him because everybody was waiting on him to do the miracle, to take care of the kids, to meet the needs, to fix this, to fix that. Before it got crazy, Jesus himself, as was his custom, would withdraw, withdraw, get away, go to moments of silence. And Jesus himself would spend time with his father. I've shared this with you. I, I try to find a word each year to kind of guide us, to kind of try to help us as a family. And ours this year, it's really simple. It's just to, to pray first before it gets crazy. I mean, if Jesus had to do this, I know I got to do this. It's not natural for me. I'm kind of hard-headed. I'm like full steam ahead. So to stop and pray before I have a conversation is not natural. But it's what, it's what I want to do. It's what Jesus did. Here's another one. It says, Luke 9, 28 and 29, says, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him. All right, so he's not alone. So he's praying together with some other people. And he went up to the top of a mountain and he began to pray. And his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Man, when you pray, something in you begins to change. It's what happened in Jesus. When he got away with his father, it was like all the things that were going around began to be secondary, and he had this interaction with God that changed him. You know this. It may not be about your circumstances. It may be about you. And those moments with God would change him. Here's another one, Luke 6, 12. It says, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. Now, a couple of things that kind of gives me comfort in that. Jesus went where? He went to the mountainside. So look, for me, that's big because if I just got to sit and pray right where I am, I get distracted, my mind wanders. But man, if I can be walking, then, then it holds my attention. Jesus was climbing a mountain. You're like, if I'm climbing a mountain, I'm praying too. I get it. But that's where he was. He was active. It was a part of his lifestyle. It's this idea of you can pray as you go. When you get in car line, you can pray. When you commute to school, you, you can pray. When you sit down to have a meal together, as you go, you can pray. When you get together today to watch the Chiefs, you can pray before the game. It's, it's the idea, is, this is a powerful scripture. You ready? I've heard this and it's, it's kind of shamed me. It's made me feel guilty. Scripture says that we're to pray without ceasing. And every time I hear that, I'm like, that's not me. And I go to feeling guilty. The idea of that verse is that, is, is that prayer can be a lifestyle. It's that he is constantly waiting for you, like he is available for you. The door is open for you. You can pray without ceasing because he is waiting for you. 
It's not about making you feel bad for not meeting him or not engaging in prayer. It's the idea, the reality that every time we open up into prayer, he's there. Now listen, here, here's, here's one of the things that happens at my house. I, I don't know if you guys do this, but uh, Katie and I, we're just, we're just wired oppositely. And it, it really helps most of the time, but sometimes there's miscommunication in that. Hashtag marriage problems. But there's one of the things that she loves to do is to look back. Like she loves to reflect. It just gives her comfort. It kind of gives her peace that God's been faithful. And, and that's just her. She's wired like way. She like, likes to think about the things we've done and where we've been. I'm the opposite. I want to think full steam, talk about everything that's ahead, right? What are our goals for this year? Where are we going to go? What's next, okay? And so that, that, that as you can see, can cause trouble. But one of the things, one of the questions that she asked us, and this is a great question. She asked us this year at New Year's. She said, Hey, let's talk about what was our best use of time in 2023 and what was our worst use of time in 2023. And this was really cool because this doesn't happen just all the time, but, but Katie and I had the same answer. The best use of time for us over this past year has been our Fridays. Katie is off on Fridays, I'm off on Friday, and every Friday we go on a walk. Now, first of all, I know I sound like 100 years old. I get it. But it's a, it's, a, it's a moment where our kids are at school, our phones are at home, and man, we, we, just, like, we just walk around the neighborhood. But it's a time where I, I, you know, she's, she's kind of coached me and she's helping me begin to share, like, hey, what are you thinking? And trying to be a little bit transparent, maybe be even like authentic and vulnerable. And I get to hear about everything that she's thinking and what work's been like, and it's undistracted, and it's just the two of us, and we're, we're connecting. Here's, here's what I want you to hear me say. You ready? You ready? This is good. Prayer to your faith, to Christianity, is what date night is to marriage. In the same way that our marriage needs that moment to connect, to be open, to be honest, to come together, that's what prayer is meant to be. And that should help you just kind of excel a little bit. It's not a performance. It's not a, hey, I gotta check this off my list. It's just a moment to connect. It's continuing a conversation that God already started. It's connecting. So let me, let me give you something, just kind of a model you can follow. Because if you're like me, there's times that I, you know, it, it, I just, it's like, here I go, okay, go pray. And it's, I don't really know where to start. And so let me, let me give you an acronym that you can follow. It's really simple. We've got guides in the atrium. You can grab one to kind of have. But the first word is pray, and we're going to start with P. The P is Praise. All right, and I'm gonna grab that right off of the Lord's Prayer. We read it to start off. It says, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now let's start with the very first word, our. Here's what's powerful about that. This is Jesus teaching. He didn't say my Father. He said like, 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 like our Father. Like this is something we all have in common. Like we're coming together under his reign and his authority and he is your Father. He's not just my Father, Jesus is saying. No, he's, he's yours. Now the second word right there, the second word can really be a roadblock for you. I, I know it. Did you catch the second word? Our Father. Now, some of you, some of you have an amazing Father. And when you think about this reality that you could open this door, maybe your Father's passed, and you could see your Father again, and you know, like when you have a need, like you can come running through this door no matter what it is, and he will meet it. 
He will sell what he needs to sell. He will come up with the money for you. He will listen to you. He will hold you. He will stand in the gap for you. He will defend you. I mean, that's the kind of father that you picture. Others of you, man, when you think your father's on the other side of that door, you just soon keep it closed. Because those are bad memories of disappointment and hurt. And so the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear father may not be, I want to run open that door. So I got to start there. I got to start with reframing. When you hear that word father, what does that really mean? Well, let's go back to scripture and let me just show you. Because I got, I got a feeling that if you've had a bad experience with your father, or you grew up in a church and all they talked about was God's wrath and his anger towards sin, man, you, you, you have missed it. Listen to the way God's word describes your father because that's gonna help you have a desire to enter into prayer. Here's what God's word says, 1 John 4, 7. God is, of all the different things he could put right there, God is love. Ephesians 2, God is rich in mercy and has incomparable grace. I love that one. I mean, you can't even compare it to anything. He could not come up with a word to use to describe God's grace other than incomparable, rich in mercy. He is love. And then he goes on in Ephesians 3. The love of God is so wide. It is so long. It is so high and deep that it surpasses all knowledge. So in reframing prayer starts with reframing who God is to you. Now, I remember there was, a, uh, there was a season, I told you, my wife's a teacher, and uh, there was a season where she was tutoring some, some kids, some different kids, and she was tutoring a little kindergarten boy, and his name was Hudson. And I remember uh, one day walking, meeting Hudson's dad somewhere, and his dad was telling me about Hudson doing his homework, and his, his dad was like, he just started laughing so hard. And I was like, well, what is it, you know? I mean, is, is, what's the deal? And he was like, you're not going to believe what Hudson told me. I was like, well, what did he say? I know he's been working with Katie. And he said, last night we sat down and we had a lot of different things to do. And so we were kind of putting off doing the homework that Katie had assigned Hudson until Hudson got everybody's attention and said, we've got to do my homework because Miss Katie will destroy me. <laughs> like, if you know my wife, that, like, she doesn't have that in her. Like, she is sweet and she is kind. She is exactly who you want working with your kindergartner. She's full of empathy and grace. But in his mind, when he thought about Miss Katie, he said she was going to destroy him. Listen, when you think about God, he's not out to destroy you. Man, he loves you. I love Isaiah 40, 29. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. The word scripture uses to describe God, listen to this, it's, it's compassion, like from beginning to end, if you had to summarize it all into one word to describe who it is that's waiting on the other side of the door, it's a compassionate, loving, rich in mercy, inconceivable amounts of grace that's waiting on you. That's where we gotta start because that's who wants to talk to you. That's the beginning and it says our Father, then it says who is in heaven. I love this little term because when I hear that, I always thought, yeah, yep, yeah, I'm praying to our Father, and where is he? It's a location word. It's where I go when I die because I put my faith in Christ. Heaven. No, that's out of context for right there. The idea of that is the atmosphere, the air, the oxygen. He's saying you got to understand God's all around you. 
Our Father who is in heaven means our Father who is close, who is in you, who is around you, who is there for you. So we start with that. Timothy Keller describes the word hallowed. You catch that one in there? Feels like a Halloween word. He says hallowed means a grateful joy towards God. That's the way you start with praise. And then you get to the R. The R is for repent. You see it in the Lord's Prayer? And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Confession is how we stay sensitive to our sin. And I love this. It's how we stay alive to God's grace. Listen, you know this, right? When, when things just aren't right between you, and man, you're just having trouble communicating, and then all of a sudden, he looks at her and says, I'm sorry. What happens? Whoo! Temperature, the wall just went down. That's confession. Now, I, I, gotta, t- I gotta teach this for just a minute. Now, you know God's grace, it's good, and you're covered, and he's already died for you, and you're, right, he's, you're covered by the blood of the lamb, and all of your sins are separated from us. The east is from the west, but something happens when you confess, when you say, God, I recognize I've been distant. And then all of a sudden, you become alive to what? His grace, the way he receives you, the way he loves you time after time. It's like when a storm comes through, you know this, right? The, the storm comes through, we have it all the time here. Next day, what happens? They radio in the power company. Here comes the power company. The power company comes out. They do what? They get the limbs, they get them off the line, and then the power is restored. That's confession. It's us taking whatever's gotten on the line, and typically it's just our, it's typically it's our sin, but it's also our shame and our guilt. And then we're moving that off of the line and then it's open back, power is restored. Communication is given, man, we're back to rolling. First John 1, 9, hold on to this, you ready? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from, that little word is so powerful, all. Wait a minute, all? Yeah, 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 like all from all unrighteousness. If you hadn't heard anything else, that, that's a good one to hear today. The next one is, the, is, the, is the, where we normally start. It's the A in, in pray and it's ask, right? Normally it's like hot, hotline. Hey, come on, I need a favor, jelly roll. But instead we've, we've now praised, we've repented, and now we're asking. He starts with what? Give us, all right? I look to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the hills. It's us saying, God, you have everything we need. Would you give us, Jesus said he modeled this for us. It's okay to ask, would you give us this? Because I'm acknowledging when I pray to God and ask him to give, I'm saying, I can't get it. I'm saying, you know, even though I know this guy and he's got all the wealth and he's got all the means, I'm acknowledging that this is beyond me, I need help. I'm coming running to where I receive help. I look to the hills, I don't look to the government, I don't look to my mama, my daddy. I look to the hills. My help, man, it comes from the Lord. And he says, you can ask. Jesus said it this way. You know this verse, right? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Just a moment of honesty. We're gonna talk about this in house church this week because I'm convicted about what I'm asking for. I mean, like I wanna ask for like 60 years of marriage that's really good. I want to ask that my kids have have one friend that knows and loves them and knows and loves the Lord. I want to ask that we have a team of leaders and elders and pastors that lead us and that we see people come to know the Lord. I mean, I want to ask. 
And, and I, don't, I don't know that I'm asking like I need to be. Last part of that verse, for everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks, man, he, he finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Here's the last part, the last part of the little acronym. Praise, repent, ask. Here's the hardest one in my opinion, yield. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I shared this with you on the Wednesday night that we prayed over each other. It was such a powerful night. We'll, we'll do it again if you missed it. But I said, yielding is the hardest for me. It's hardest for me when I'm driving. Like, I don't really yield in driving. I think I can beat them. And it's hard for me when it comes to prayer. But I noticed this. Here's what I did recognize. When I, when I have something that comes up at, at work, and let's say it's over a weekend, and I know it's something that needs to get done, if, if I know that, for, like, like we, have, we have Brandy that works on our team, and if I know Brandy has it on her list, I've noticed in my mind, I put down my phone and I don't worry about it anymore. Why? Because I, I trust, I trust her. I, I know it's gonna get handled. I know it's gonna get taken care of. How, how much more do you think we can trust God? And, and what he's saying in this last one, and this is what's so hard, he's saying it's really kind of about control. And man, I hate to bring that up because I want to control things too. But you end the Lord's prayer saying, God, I give you control. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I yield my faults and what I think is the right thing to you. And I let go and I trust you. And if we, when we begin to trust him, it's like the person at work that you know is going to take care of it. You can exhale. God's got this. God's got this. Now, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to close. I, I, want, to give you, I want to give you three little prayer principles that may help you. Okay, these are kind of like my one-liners like Coach Ben, all right? Here's the first one, really simple. I want you to pray promises, not problems. All right, here's a problem, you ready? I'm confused and I'm not sure what my next, need, what my next move is gonna be. Maybe you're a senior in high school, maybe you're a senior in college, maybe you're just a mom or a dad, maybe you're a grand, I don't know, whatever, whatever phase of life, but you're confused. Here's the promise, you ready? Psalm says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So which one are we praying? Are we praying about being confused or are we gonna pray that God, you're a God of clarity? Your word says that you will be a lamp and a light unto me. Here's a, here's a problem, maybe you can feel this one, right? Hey, I'm lonely and I'm, and I'm scared. Here's a promise in Deuteronomy. The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Here's the problem, and, and listen, I, I don't, every poll says people hate it when preachers go on rants, so I'm, I don't wanna rant, but it's really hard to pray God's promises when you don't know them. I mean, it starts with having a plan to get in God's word. What about this one? Anybody worried? Anybody got a problem when it comes to kids? Here's a promise. You ready? Train up a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart from it even when he is old. Man, that's real talk, man. I'm, tr I'm trying to get God's word in me so that I can pray his promises back to him. You know this, man, I'm telling you, when my kids get my attention the most, it's when they say, Dad, you told us we can't text and drive. What are you doing? I put my phone down because I said it. God said it. It's all right here. We've just got to get in it so that we can claim it. Okay, here's the second one. All right, you ready? Uh, I want you to create habits to help. Create habits to help, all right? Every time you punch the coffee maker, right? You hit the coffee maker. Each time you hit the coffee maker, you pray. It's, it's you're in car line. Every time you get in car line, and man, if you're at Lamar County Schools, you're in car line for a long time. You, you pray. 
Every time one o'clock hits, your phone goes off. And so for one minute at one o'clock, you pray for one thing. I think it's called habit stacking, atomic habits. But the idea is you're just, you're just building a rhythm. And so whatever happens, it just triggers you. Each time you do this, you begin to pray, habit stacking. Here's the third one. And this one's, this one's, this one's the last one. It may be the most powerful one. You ready? Pray what you got, not what you wish you had. C.S. Lewis says it this way, prayer is a place where we lay out what is in us, not what should be in us. You, you remember when Jesus got the most frustrated? Think about it. Who was it with? It was with the Pharisees. What do you know about the Pharisees? Well, the Pharisees looked good getting off the bus, but their heart was far from God. He says, listen, you can be open with me. You can be honest with me. You can be vulnerable with me. Pray what you got when you are frustrated. Pray about being frustrated. When you feel distant from God, be honest with God. Say, God, I feel, I feel distant. I feel when you've lacked motivation to connect, you can pray that. Prayer is not a performance. I wanna take the pressure off of you. I remember, I remember when our kids were younger and uh, I, was, I, was, I was working through the Bible reading plan and, and I was just kind of doing what we do. Like I kind of had my plan and I was going and I remember, I remember always kind of coming into Katie like, hey, hey, what are you reading, Katie? Kind of flexing a little bit. Like I'm in the Bible reading plan. Where are you? And she's taking care of our two kids that are really young and she's constantly needed and they're constantly asking her questions and she's constantly meeting their needs. And she kept saying, you know what? I'm in the book of Psalms. I'm in the book of Psalms. I'm in the book of Psalms. And what she was doing when she was exhausted, when she had no creativity, she was barring the promises in the book of Psalms, which are prayers. And the book of Psalms goes with you on the roller coaster emotional ride. And man, she was just praying those faithfully. She was claiming those. So if you're looking for a place to start, if you're in a season like we've been in where, man, you're just drained, you don't know what to pray, pray the book of Psalms. I've been doing that. I mean, that's where I am right now. Each whatever day of the week it is, pray that chapter. Get in that chapter. Listen, what I want you to see is that prayer is a portal. And it's waiting on you to walk through to experience something. And i got to help you see that the person on the other side is a God of love and compassion and grace. And he's, he's going to receive you with open arms. All you have to do. Is, is open your heart to him and he will receive you. Now, here, here's how we're gonna end. And we've done this week after week of this 21 days of prayer. We're gonna, we're gonna end with a minute for you to pray. But I want you to do this because maybe you're like me. If you need to keep your eyes open so you don't get crazy, it's okay. But as you pray, I want you to picture the, the portal. And I want you to picture leaving this place and walking into God's presence and just claim that verse. This is a place where you can find rest and you can find hope and you can find peace. Claim God's word that he is a God of love and incomparable grace. That's who's waiting on you. So here's what you're gonna do as you pray. Here's what I want you to breathe in one time. And when you breathe in, I want you to think about the verse I shared with you. It's three words. God is love. Breathe that in. And when you breathe out, I want you to let go of some of the things that maybe were, were just lies. God's mad at you. Breathe that out. God's disappointed in you. Let that go. 
When you breathe in one more time, this time think about him waiting to receive you and just see in your mind, open up your mind to a room and there waiting on you is a God, a God that is love and a God that has opened his arms to you. He created you, he formed you and he's just waiting on you. I mean, he's there. He is a good, good father and then breathe out that you've disappointed him. Use this one minute to pray.